1: table, the end is here. <laughs> I am Robin Reed, and I'm joined for the first time in what feels like a while um, by both Ollie Court and Arnold Furious.
2: Hello. Hello Rob.
1: And we are all gathered here today to mourn the passing of the British independence
0: scene. We um, had a good run.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun while it lasted. Um, obviously we're being partially sarcastic there, but um, if, if you've been clued in to the wrestling media in the last what week or so you'll be aware that there's been certain changes in the uh, the whole deal with nxt uk and all the contracts and how that's working so we're basically having an episode today and we're going to be predominantly focusing on how the british wrestling scene and i guess to expand from that the european wrestling scene going forward is going to look um in 2019 because It's going to look quite different if everything we've heard comes to pass. Uh, That's probably a bit of an understatement.
0: Yes. Um, Before we even start getting underway, I need to stress that uh, sources on this are reliable, but nobody uh, that works for WWE has spoken to any of us in any capacity.
1: Yeah, we don't want to get anyone in, in trouble by accident, even though they didn't speak yeah, to us. Yeah, nobody has spoken to us
0: at all, so don't go blaming them for where this, this information is coming from. It's coming from other sources.
1: Yeah, we, we've all gone off, spoken to people who will speak to us and managed to piece together what we, we're fairly sure is happening, but a lot of this information is second-hand or third-hand. Some of it, you know... Some of the people who think they know what they're talking about, well, maybe they don't know the full story. So we're not presenting this completely as fact, but we're fairly confident in it. And also, it's a fairly fluid situation. So we're telling you what we know as of now,
0: Yeah. but two
1: December. weeks from now...
0: <laughs> it could know. be completely different. But it, as of now, this is entirely accurate, and this is what is happening.
1: Right. Um, so let's get to it, straight to it. Uh, NXT con- UK contracts have changed quite dramatically in the last week or so Uh, maybe a bit longer than that but you know Uh, and going forwards the way NXT UK contracts have been working for the last two years aren't isn't going to be the way they're working going forward Uh, I think Mike Johnson was actually the the guy who first reported that I'll uh, bring up his report um i'll read verbatim what he initially uh, posted on pw insider which is a horrible website but you, you know you've got to give credit where it's due for breaking the story initially anyway even if his website does feel like it's going to give you all the viruses um mm-hmm. so yeah i'll just read through this verbatim so uh, he posted this on the 26th of november And he says, as I wrote about earlier today, WWE began signing NXT UK talents to new deals that included more exclusivity on talents signed to the company, effectively removing them from any European independent promotions. According to several sources, NXT UK talents are still currently allowed to perform for the following companies, but only in dark matches that will not be distributed via TV, DVD or streaming media. Um, and they list the following promotions. Uh, Great Britain's Progress Wrestling, which has a working relationship with WWE. Scotland's ICW, which has a working relationship with WWE. Germany's WXW, which now has a working relationship with WWE. Fight Club Pro, which is run by NXT UK star Trent Seven. Attack Pro Wrestling, which was founded in part by Pete Dunne. Uh, over the top wrestling in Ireland and Great Britain's Fruit Future Shock. And the, the lack of information surrounding the, the Future Shock item on that list makes me think Mike Johnson has never actually heard of this promotion. Mm. Uh,
0: well, that one is because they're mates with Jim Smallman.
1: Yeah. Um, and also have links to Drake and Gibson? Yeah. Thinking. Yeah. Thinking, right? So, you know. Loose It's loose a similar links. kind of deal. Yeah. Um, uh, and then it goes on to say, the Dark Mash rule has been in effect for some time with NXT UK talents, but has been mostly unenforced. Whether there will be stronger enforcements of that rule, especially within promotions that WWE doesn't currently absorb into their own video archives, remains to be seen. So that touches on quite a lot of it. Um, there is some confusion surrounding this whole thing, and I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that Not everyone in NXT UK is signed to the same sort of contracts. Um, What we've basically been able to come up with is uh, kind of a a tier list of what it seems like the three tiers of contracts are. Uh, And if you listen to the flagship uh, last week, you will have heard um, a similar kind of discussion, but we're going to go into a bit more detail. Um, But they're basically saying, I think T-Bone was one of the guys who went um, public on Twitter saying, Talk to us, promoters, because different guys have different levels of contracts. Uh, you will be able to use some of us, but you won't be able to use all of us. Um, so that's what we're going to get into here. Uh, and uh, overall, I think there's been a, a lot of confusion surrounding the whole deal, uh, with it being like, well, they've always had these contracts, or they're always only allowed to use dark matches, but then WWE just allowed you to, to work before. So we're, we're going to kind of outline the, the three tiers here. Um so tier one contracts, and these are going to be your guys like, uh, for example, Pete Dunne, who are the core of NXT UK. And you the probably the easiest way to think of these kind of guys are they're signed to WWE almost full time in the same way that someone is signed to NXT in the, the States. Um, but they may be allowed to work some dark matches for WWE's associated promotions, similar to, say... A year or two ago, I think Adam Cole was signed to NXT, but he worked a dark match for Evolve. Um, that sort of deal. Uh, so basically, with a Tier 1 contract, you're not going to be able to work VOD anywhere. And you can work for Fight Club Pro, OTT, Progress, etc., or the promotions Mike Johnson listed, but only in dark matches. Um, then we've got the Tier 2 contract, um, which we're going to call it. Um, these guys can work on VOD, but only for those promotions. So Fight Club Pro, OTT, Progress, ICW, WXW, Attack, and Future Shock. Um, and they can't work anywhere else. So they can't work Rev Pro. They definitely can't work World of Sport.
0: So yeah, these these um, like uh, promotions are on the naughty list. So like Rev Pro is very much like you're just not allowed to go there at all. Uh, same goes for like Defiant and obviously all the bigs. Like you. So Ring of Honors, New Japan's, etc.
1: Yeah. And the impression I also get is you can't even work for, say, uh, just since it's on the top of my mind since you, you were there last weekend or the other week, uh, Good Wrestling. Like a promotion that isn't like a huge promotion, but if you're on this sort of contract, you're either working NXT UK or you're working one of the affiliated promotions. You're not really allowed to work elsewhere unless maybe you get permission it, it it's a bit it seems a bit more up in the air for like a small indie like goods compared to uh rev pro which is a definite note this
0: this is the the sketchiest of the tiers we're kind of guessing at people who are on yeah. this
1: uh th- this one's kind of hardest hardest to, to quite figure out and it's also quite hard to figure out which guys are on it but we'll, we'll kind of get to that in a bit uh then you've got the tier three contract which you can kind of look at as what the guys have been working on up to this point for the most part. Um, And that's they can work anywhere apart from, like i just listed, ROH, New Japan, World of Sport, Impact, Lucha Underground, MLW, potentially All Elite Wrestling if that becomes a thing, which it very much looks like it's going to be, Rev Pro. And they can also show up on VOD anywhere else. Um, These are basically
0: the ones that they're not that bothered about at all. Yeah, but they just they're... don't want them working these specific promotions.
1: Yeah, so, so maybe your you guys like... Um, your jobbers that are showing up on NXT UK are the prime examples of this. Uh, your, your stars, and etc. Et um, not David Star. Um, and in addition to this, not only are there all those restrictions, but to my understanding anyone on an NXT UK contract going forward will not be allowed to work even if it's within a promotion that they are allowed to work they will not be allowed to work against someone signed to Ring of Honor or New Japan or World of Sport or anything like that Impact, anything
2: like that Yeah, and that's across the board Yeah.
1: so even in like Progress you can't work Will Ospreay for example.
0: Yeah they can't even beat them they're not allowed to be in the same ring with them at all (laughs)
1: Which is one of the more, probably one of the bigger deals of this. Although there are there are several more things to come, which we'll get into. Um, And so, so say like um, I don't know, uh, a you are allowed to work someone who's completely unsigned if your tier allows you to work in the promotion where you would be wrestling them. But even if say Isla Dawn is working a good show, she can't work, uh, for example, random example, Sumi Sakai because she signed to ring of honour, something like that. Not that that would ever happen to begin with, but that sort of deal. Um, yeah, and that, that's kind of the the tiers we're currently working off and currently looking on. Uh, so I'll kind of hand over to Arn to, to add in his parts here.
0: Okay, so the, the big deal... Uh, with this is that that tier one contract is they can't work anywhere else. So people started looking at that and thinking, but they can't even work for for like Progress and ICW, the the ones that are specifically associated with them. And from what I'm told, the reason why they're saying uh, they can't work VOD for anywhere else is because the VODs for the likes of Progress and ICW are going to be incorporated into the network sooner rather than later. Um, The time... Uh, frame I was given for this was the start of 2019 um, I don't know if that's going to be like January 1st there will be a new uh, network tier system in place and WWE just haven't announced it yet or whether it will be announced in January at some point and they're not allowed to put anything on VOD until that point um, it's been rumoured for a, for quite some time that Progress and ICW were going to be part of the network, but it's been for so long that we have just kind of forgotten about it and just thought, wow, this is probably never going to happen. It's something Vince decided and then undecided because he does that all the time. Uh, but this seems like they are legitimately serious about it, and the time scale is a lot shorter than it was before. So it's, it's literally looking at 2019 starts with uh, a new network pricing tier. Um, it's like I think it's $5 on top of what it is now. So it's like, a, what, $15 instead of 10 Um So that, mm-hmm. for that, you do get extra promotions. Um, I believe Evolve is part of that as well. So you've got Evolve, Progress, ICW, and I'm told WXW will be going onto the network.
1: Which is probably the most shocking revelation so far.
0: Yes. Uh, when I was told that, I was kind of horrified. But then you look back at... Um, so we were in Germany, like, what, two months ago. And WXW, uh, now the streaming service, uh, they basically created a separate company to run it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that.
1: Yeah, but, they would split. So it's basically uh, two completely separate entities working together, but in terms of taxes, etc. They're a separate business entirely. Yeah,
0: and, and we were all asking the question, why? Um, this is probably why. Yeah. So they're going to probably carry on doing a streaming service offering um, other European promotions, um, which is what they are currently doing, but WXW looks like it's going on the network.
1: You imagine they'll probably have to have a name change from WXW now, otherwise, that will make very little sense.
0: Uh, so. Yeah, I, I assume so. But again, kind of working in the dark, I found that out last night, so. Yeah. Um, so the other promotions that we're looking at. Uh, OTT, Fight Club Pro, Future Shark, and Attack, um, there are no plans at the moment to incorporate any of those in the network, so as far as I can tell uh, OTT would not be able to use Jordan Devlin from the start of next year because Jordan Devlin is on that top tier and is not allowed to work for any promotions that do VOD he's he's only allowed to work on those network exclusive shows Um, so that's quite stunning
1: yeah some in some depending on who you ask you get the impression he might be able to work there in dark matches but you know at at some level what's the point you know
2: it feels like um in the simpsons when he's saying your children your children uh, for three months that's what the devlin deal feels like it's gonna be a maybe a short-term thing to wrap him up the
0: yeah, so that for for OTT that's got to sting. Um obviously uh, Fight Club Pro um, have already run into a, an issue with this uh because they were running Corcoran Hall uh on January the I want to say 7th. It's either the 6th. It's
1: like the week following Tokyo Dome.
0: Yeah. Uh so that is less than a week before um takeover Blackpool. So I was initially told that the talent that was working on uh, TakeOver Blackpool, uh, the likes of Trent Seven, Tyler Bate, Pete Dunn, uh, Travis Banks, had been pulled from Corrican Hall because they were needed uh, to be a part of the, the media build for uh, TakeOver Blackpool. They wanted them to do media work in the week before, so they wouldn't allow them to do that show. Uh, but looking at uh, Fight Club Pro this past weekend um british strong style uh, lost a loser leaves town uh loser leaves fight club pro should i say uh, six man tag and are effectively written out of, of fight club pro from now on um which leads me to believe that they are just not going to be utilized at all uh by fight club pro which is kind of weird because trent like owns it so whether not hard
2: to work your own promotion yeah. is a is a is a strange one to say the least, but that's where we're at
0: now. It is, but like he's going to be exclusive along with with Tyler and Pete and all those other guys that uh, are at the top tier. So unless he can manage to wangle folklore Club to get onto the network, which is highly unlikely because they're not looking for that much content from from the the uh, British promotions, um, that's the situation they find themselves in. Um, there's also the with Fight Club Pro's Corick and Hall show, uh the suggestion had been that they've been uh, hooked because it was less than a week um beforehand and they don't want anyone working other promotions the week beforehand because they've had problems with injuries. How- yeah,
1: and I think that's been a, a thing for quite a while. Like, yeah. you know, ICW in the past have had guys pulled because NXT UK announced their tapings and you know, I think I think Andrew was saying last week that uh, they, they pulled one of ICW's champions right before one of their bigger shows straight away. Beca- and, you know, ICW has a relationship with NXT UK, but NXT UK go, no, we're having tapings now. We don't want your guys. It's not only you're working our show instead of that show. It's you're walking our show and you're not working that other show that's a week before.
0: Yeah, so initially it looked like it was just that. and But they keep changing the goalposts, don't they? They keep changing the rules. Um so this new ruling kind of almost overrules that one, and they're just not going to be able to use them at all. Mm-hmm. Uh which until very recently they didn't know. Um so I'm sure they're quite disappointed that they couldn't be involved in that. Um then there's Volta. Um he has constantly refused to to sign for WWE in the past because he knew it would mean relocating. And it's got to the point Bring where th- WWE to him, uh, yeah, exactly. So they've uh, they've constantly thrown money at him until he said yes, and he's he's got uh, he's he's basically asked for a, a bunch of stipulations, like he gets to be based in Germany. Um, I believe
1: he's got a hell of a deal.
0: I believe he's going to be involved as part of the NXT UK roster, and will be brought over to Florida for. Uh, big events when needed, but basically he gets to stay home and do what he wants to do. Um, he's also been told he can leave if he's unhappy. Whether, <laughs> whether that's in writing or not, I don't know. I wouldn't like to test that one out. But even if he did leave, where would he go to? Because WXW he wouldn't be able, uh, able to work for anymore
2: yeah this just tells me they really did not want him working all elite new japan because obviously he was flirting with new japan with all these rev pro dates and matching up against ishii and kojima and this is wwe going nope yeah yeah, yeah we had been
1: we had been flat out told that he was gonna be in japan in january probably actually for big japan um alongside um alongside fight club pro show um But then from there, you know, you're there while New Japan's contract season's going on, etc., etc. Oh look, he's tied up now. Um, Coincidence? Who knows? Who knows? Um, So yeah, a couple a couple of things to add. Um, Firstly, uh, and that's kind of a lot of people I've seen are saying that there's so so one thing that's being said is that. Um, th- there's no actual change here. WWE always had these guys in the contract, but they were just being kind enough to not enforce the dark match rule. Uh, and while that is... There's there's a level of truth to that, but it's nowhere near the full story. It's philanthropists um, at WWE. <laughs> so, I, I don't know if you remember, right when the NXT UK contracts first started, it was right around when Flow Slam was a thing as well. Yeah. Um, remember so Flow Slam? Yeah. Lot... <laughs> That was the We
2: thing, were so excited it? about Flow Slam. <laughs> Last um, from the past.
1: It feels so long ago, it wasn't doesn't it? Wasn't it Wasn't even that long it really ago. Wasn't. No. <laughs> um so the as as Mike Johnson kind of kind of went into there was a dark match rule before and that happened a lot. I remember Pete Dunne versus Matt Riddle being pulled several times or moved to a dark match several times. And that was always a thing, and over time they did relax it as Flow Slam became less of a thing, so they became less bothered about the UK briefly. Um, Then it actually got a bit more strict when World of Sport started up, and then as they got less worried about World of Sport, they they relaxed it again, and now they're very worried about All Elite Wrestling, as they should be probably, given the amount of money the Khans have. Um, But there are are still differences. Um, So while that was a thing... Um, they they have a lot more legal restrictions that they can impose written into the contract now. So whereas before it was you could, you can work anywhere you want and we can't technically stop you but we can say you can't release it anywhere, now they they have the ability to just say no you can't work for these other places no you can't work this of a particular wrestler etc 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 um And then another thing to add is, in terms of these tiers, initially you might hear them and you go, oh, well, you know, the guys on tier three, it's not actually that much different to what we've already had. The guys on tier two, yeah, maybe it's not brilliant, but a lot of these people are only kind of working for your Fight Club pros, your OTTs and your progressors anyway, so maybe it won't be that much different. The base assumption, and I actually made this mistake, um when I was first looking into this, um, as Arn can testify from the the kind of tier list that uh, I sent over to him, um, there's a lot more people on tier one than you might initially think. And that's a big thing. Um, You might think, well, it's kind of the core NXT five on there. It's Trent, Tyler, Pete, Wolfgang, and Mark Andrews. That, That was the
0: initial list that we had. We thought those five and then maybe, and we had a few maybes, but the list is a lot longer than that.
1: Yeah, we were like, maybe Gibson and Travis and one or two others. No, it's it's a lot of people. And as a rule of thumb, I think you threw out before we, we recorded, you said if they're on the TakeOver Blackpool show, they're on a tier one contract, which means they can't work VOD anywhere else. They're basically WE Network exclusive.
0: So the whole WXW thing is the one that really mystified me because you had uh, Tony Storm... Uh, going back there, winning their women's title again, and I thought, oh, so Tony Storm's free to kind of work where she wants, and I, it kind of threw me. But then this this whole revelation that WXW is is that closely involved with WWE, that's kind of thrown it back the other way. Tony Storm is on that top tier, as far as I can tell, and WXW is going on the network. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, the the initial feel was, oh, that must mean she's on one of the lower tier contracts because she's still going to be working WXW. No, it's WXW is becoming part of the WWE machine.
0: Yeah, um, the, which for which me, to... this that's the absolute worst thing from this. And you were meant to be the chosen one. Yeah, it like. <laughs> was, and it, you start to look at the the changes that they made two months ago, and you. Just ask questions, is what I'm do, saying. Do we
2: want to go into CMJ? Are we allowed to go into CMJ?
0: I honestly don't know. Um, for me, the timing of his departure is convenient. Um, he certainly was a strong believer in WXW as an independent brand. Uh, I know he had a lot of time for, for the way that WWE uh, ran things. He was a big fan of their uh, their approach to yeah. Of the the style of their shows. Uh the professionalism. The, the pro- yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be fair. Um but he was also pretty fiercely independent and a believer in uh, establishing WXW as a brand in Germany especially. He wanted people to look at WXW as a as the wrestling brand for Germany. And yeah he was yeah. um
1: you always got the impression that while he was never afraid to work with other companies, in fact he welcomed that he was always very proud of WXW and proud of WXW as an independent entity.
0: And the the timing on like him leaving and the company restructuring the way its shows were run. It's it's yeah, it's very convenient, shall we say. Um, I'm not saying that he's been forced out. I'm not saying that at all, but he started looking very frayed around the time when WXW would have been speaking to WWE about what they were going to do.
1: And, you know, of course it could... We're not insinuating anything because we don't know the inner workings of WXW at all. We don't know the, the specific inner workings of WXW, and we don't want to start rumours or, or anything like yeah. that. And it could always be, you know, it's kind of a chicken-and-the-egg situation. Could it be um, WWE came and that led to him leaving partially or could it be um, he left and then as new people came in charge or the power structure obviously would have shifted somewhat did that then lead to different things being explored you, you'd obviously you know whenever you're having a big power change in a company there's obviously going to be different things different opinions etc and that that that's normal but it it's. it doesn't seem like a coincidence. Or if it is, it's a very... The, the
0: timing of it is, is very unique. I think you, where we'll be able to tell more is when or if uh, Jacoby comes back uh, to WXW, um, what his involvement will be. And there, there is an if there.
2: Mm-hmm. It could be a Mika Hakkinen sabbatical lasting forever. That one's for Mike Kilby. <laughs> is that
1: Formula One? I that is, no that is a
2: Formula One joke.
1: <gasps> I can, I can, I can sense it, even if I don't know what it means. Um, <laughs> and uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on, um, that's been talked about quite a bit, um, is that it's recently become public that uh, both ICW and progress wrestling have well WWE has an option to buy them basically at any point for a, a set amount they can buy w, um, they can buy <clears throat> sorry uh, they can buy progress so they can buy ICW for a set amount and they, they've agreed this in the past um, and if they want they can then just completely cease their operations. Um, that is their prerogative if they they pay that amount. And this has kind of come out at a similar time to this whole deal with um, the contracts. So people are imagining this all came about at the same sort of time. Um, To my knowledge, this came about a long time ago because I remember talking to you uh, about this, Ollie, in some way mid-2017, if not early 2017. Yeah, it was quite a while ago now,
0: maybe a year and a half ago. Andy Quilden talked about it as well. Like he yeah. he has mentioned it publicly that there yeah, was an offer on the, the offer. table, um, but it involved there being a buyout clause, and he just didn't want that much power in somebody else's hands over his promotion. Um, to be honest, if I'm the Progress guys, I'm not particularly worried because Progress is still um, is doing well. It's still got buzz attached to it. Whereas if I was Mark Dallas. I'd be thinking about what I was going to spend the buyout money on, because ICW well, is not a good product.
1: Well, ICW have you know days before we're recording this have just hosted their biggest show of the year, a show that at what not too long ago they were drawing six thousand fans for. Well, they they're announcing the number of six thousand fans, but they were drawing a lot of fans for. Um. I, I've talked to a couple of people who were at the show, and most of the estimates seem to be there were maybe 2,000, 2,500 people-ish there.
0: I think that's optimistic, um, to be honest. Based on uh, the pictures that I've seen from inside the venue and from the people I've spoken to, I think that's optimistic.
1: It, it's probably somewhere in that ballpark, and that is not good for that venue at all. Um, now, ICW has always been a weird one, because it's it's never had the buzz in our bubble that would suggest... It could draw, you know, five thousand plus. But for a while it was, and now it's definitely not. And if you look at, if you look at their card for this and their potential cards going forward, and almost a more key thing, look at the amount of shows they've run. In 2016, they were running about 40 shows a year. They were touring all across the UK and Ireland. 2017, I think they ran about 30 shows, so they're scaling back significantly. I don't think they're going to break 20 this year. Like they're scaling back very significantly, and if you look at their actual cards, it's a minefield now, and they're already dealing with these different tiers of contracts. Half their roster they're not going to be able to use at all. Half their roster they can use, but they can't put against their other half of their roster. Another section of their roster. I realise I've now gone past two halves. <laughs>
2: The World of Sport half and the WWE half.
1: Yeah, another section of their roster can get pulled at any moment, but they think they can use, but they can't really build around full-time. I guess a lot of this is going to change when they go onto the network. They're going to be able to reuse a lot of the the guys that were taken away from them. But uh, at that point, they kind of cease being their own company to some degree.
0: Yeah, I think they're pretty much there. That, that's the point of where where they're at. They're just no, they have no control over what they're doing now. Um, I I would be very if I was Mark Dallas, I'd be, I'd be kind of worried. Um, but then I've been saying that for a couple of years because <laughs> like I, I felt like his um, uh, booking model was not conducive to long term. No. It was very much a uh, uh, attitude era and. The angles were being recycled, and he's still doing that. Like the booking is still terrible in ICW. It's been the same bad shit just being repeated over and over again for for it like. Had that two one years.
2: good show that you always reference,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> Square Go, two thousand seventeen. Think Forever about that. In our hearts. I was just thinking about the minefield uh, that you were talking about with half the roster and half the roster. It's like a, a split. Imagine them doing uh, their Royal Rumble show. Like, oh, <laughs> how, how would they even do that?
1: They have to have the the World of Sport half go first,
0: yeah, and then and they'll get out eliminated.
1: Of the ring. And a, a non <laughs> a non signed guy, guy, a non signed guy eliminates the last World of Sport guy, and then the WWE guys start coming in. <laughs> and even then, they might not be able to get away with that. It's um...
0: yeah. Would they even be allowed to do that? Because it's the same match. So the,
1: what I imagine will probably end up happening is they just completely stop work- using World of Sport guys. If they're going to be on the network anyway, they're just kind of going to kind of go, well, this it's, is where we're going.
0: It's not like there's a great depth of scene in Scotland. This is very true. And I would imagine they would be encouraged to use people from that part of the world um, to differentiate themselves from uh, what else, uh, you know, like Progress uh, mainly using uh, guys from down south and WXW mainly using European people. I think they would they would be looking at that with a little bit of crossover. Um, It's very difficult for all of these companies, uh, but it's even harder for the smaller ones that aren't involved in this at all. So as bad as this is from a booking point of view, if you're Mark Dallas, imagine how bad it is if you're uh, Dan Reed and Emily Reed and you've got an Eve show and all of a sudden you can't use... Like, the top guys that you've been using. Because Charlie Morgan's under a contract. She's not allowed to work Eve, presumably. I mean, I'd be surprised if she's on the bottom-tiered one. Uh, You've got Nina Samuels. uh, Millie McKenzie. Who else is there? Ginny. Tony Storm. You're basically going to strip away all that uh, that top-end talent there. And they're going to have to rely a lot on fly-ins and hoping that WWE don't come and sign more women uh, if they want to have a deeper women's division. Because one of the the hallmarks of NXT in the states has always been that they they put on a lot of women's matches to try and create like a sense of equality on the shows. It's always been uh, there's always been a strong women's division in NXT, and the only way they're going to have that. Uh, over in the UK, is either by borrowing people from that uh, American setup, like they have with Rhea Ripley, or by just signing more talent when they consider it to be good enough. And there's The depth, if we're talking about the lack of depth in Scotland, um, when we were doing the, the, the draft for the women this year, we did note that it was deeper than it ever has been before, but as soon as anyone gets good, look at Killer Kelly. Like As soon as anyone gets good, there's a very strong chance that WWE are just going to snap him up.
1: Yeah. It's, and on one level, like Mark Dallas signed up for this, you know, he's, he's getting, yes, it can be tricky for him booking now, but he's, he's getting the benefits. He's, you know, I, I imagine he's getting payments for, you know, he's, he's not putting this on the network for free. He's got his benefits. It's these companies that are caught in the crossfire and, a lot of wrestlers are going to be caught in the crossfire as well. Imagine being a young wrestler now, coming up. What's your trajectory? It's get good enough to get signed by WWE, but how do you show that you're good enough because you don't get to work with any established talent at all because they're all signed and they're not allowed to work with you anymore? Like, it's kind of... You go through RevPro and you cross your fingers now, maybe?
0: who or I don't know. Or go on World of Sport and... Then be considered a threat and get signed, because you're not telling me that like Dave Mastiff, El Ligero, or maybe Zach Gibson, but like the guys that they signed that work World of Sport, they signed them to gut World of Sport, and it's... I'm surprised they stopped where they did. I I could see them doing more.
1: Yeah, when the next section of um, World of Sport contracts come up, maybe they swipe up another. Swave of them yeah then again it might be to the level now that they they no longer see world of sport as a threat because you know you look at it now and it it's it's hardly a big thing in any way
0: well you never know if if it does get another series you never know because they have learned from mistakes the that made with this series
1: this is true but it feels to me that right now they're more worried about all elite wrestling becoming a thing So they're signing everyone, anyone that they think All Elite Wrestling would find value with. And anyone, so if there's anyone they're like, well maybe they would be useful for them, we'll sign them now. Because make no mistake about it, the vast majority of these people, they're not signing them for themselves um, for them to use. They're like shitting out new brands so that they can f- find use for their roster because it's so over-bloated. They're signing these people so other people can't have them because they're an awful anti-competitive company. Yeah, it, it's not just out of, wrestling, out of spite, the world,
0: WWE yeah. wrestling. They want all the money. They don't want you spending like some of your money on Progress on Demand when you could be spending more money on the network. They want that extra $5. So they're going to either hoover those promotions up and be part of the the system that they've got, or they're going to steal so much talent that there is no one else left for the the smaller companies to use. Red Pro, I would be less worried about because they have the New Japan link. But everything underneath that, they're going to struggle. They're really going to struggle. It's only going to be companies like Attack that have an established style of doing something that they can keep drawing the fans in that will be okay. And a lot of the other ones are going to really, really struggle, because they're going to have to start leaning more and more on imports to get people in through the doors, and it'll be like British wrestling was, like, 15 years ago, when it was shit. We haven't
2: talked much about the fan experience, either. We've talked about, like, how wrestlers and promoters are going to get affected, but... It it reminds me a bit of like how video games are now where you need a, a fucking chart to know what you're getting in your edition of the game. It feels a bit like that. We need to sort of consult our tier list to see what where we're going to today, what talent we might expect to see, especially when they don't announce a card. Fight Club Pro. Mm. Um, it. And all the while you're being told that you should be grateful that this is happening and the wrestlers are you know saying oh what a wonderful thing it is and you know nothing's wrong guys everything will be fine and to an extent they're correct but it's very you know it can be very suffocating <laughs> um to be told that you know I, I'm I mean, not gonna imagine argue being with, like a with a joke like or... ultra right <laughs> now like you know you've been told for years that, you know this is your family and our little company and just three mates and all these buzzwords that we've made fun of. But, you know, this is that for some people. It it means something. And now I don't know how you can possibly take that serious when, you know, they're (laughs) they're running away to the bank with the money you've given them over the years, and you're going to be left with a lesser product because of it. And then, (laughs) as one last salt in the wound,
0: you're being told that you should be grateful for it. Oh, that's the worst. Like, I don't like... Sorry, right, go ahead. Go
1: on. No, you go first.
0: Yeah, I just I don't get the mentality of... Uh, like I can kind of understand it to, to a degree where people are saying that... I'm trying to remember who it was specifically, but they're saying that, you know, the guys will get signed off the top and then talent will come through to replace it. And there is an awful lot of talent in the UK that don't get bookings. But you only need to look at that good show that I was at, and you'll see that that there's a limited budget there, so there's only so many guys that they can have, but they also ran the same uh, weekend as NXT recorded in the UK, and NXT pulled Damien Dunn off that show. (laughs) and It's just, it's very hard uh, to find that depth when everyone is trying to find that depth. So you're going to get an increasing number of guys on the undercard that just aren't ready to be in front of crowds. And that's just going to hurt the viewing experience. It's going to make it look like a bit of a rinky-dink thing like it used to be back in the day. And the, the best comparison I heard was uh, Old Japan when Noah split. So when uh, Sahara Mizawa decided that he didn't want to be part of uh, Old Japan anymore, he basically hooked the bulk of their... Um, domestic talent and formed another company, which is essentially what's happening here is the top, like your Pete Dunn's Trent seven down have gone and they've kind of taken a load of the undercard with them. Mm. So the people who would have moved up into those spots, for example, Jordan Devlin, uh, Travis banks, even like a flash Morgan Webster or possibly a, a Kenny Williams or somebody like that. Zach Gibson, the ones who would have then moved up into the top spots aren't there to move up. So you've not only created a gulf at the top of the card, but it's also, there's a, a roll-on effect down into the middle. So you're going to have to rely strongly on guys who are not on WWE's radar because of injuries or because of look. So you're looking at Mark Haskins, Jimmy Havoc, and a lot of promotions will want to book those guys. So in a way, it's good for them. Chris Brooks is, is not going to be short of work. Uh, but when you're trying to book him. Like say Good wanted to book Chris Brooks, they'd probably find themselves in a, a waiting list behind three or four other promotions that were bigger. Cause he's got to prioritize like the Rev Pro bookings because that's like his main source of income. Because he he's basically running attack. That's another place he needs to be at. He needs to be at Fight Club Pro. So all of a sudden, like the talent pool's getting squeezed at the top but it's also been squeezed in the middle and there's nobody to come up and fill those spots. And the ones that will have to fill them aren't ready to do so. So you're going to have cards made up of an assortment of, uh, no name guys who have talent, but aren't over at all. And it's going to take time to build and replace all Japan. It took them years they had to become
1: a different company. The current All Japan is not mm. the old All Japan. They went bankrupt, had to start all over again. Ooh. And it was, what, 16 years or so till they got back to a vague semblance of okayness?
0: I mean, it's only really about... now <laughs> that they're getting back to it. this That's how long ago it was. The split was, like, what, 2000 or 99, end of 99? No, start of 2000.
2: The thing about that split though is that they went off and created Noah and created something beautiful that will <laughs> remain in the canon forever. And these guys are going off to WWE to create the WWE minor leagues. Yeah, um, and, it's you know it's not quite the uh, the same sort of
0: um, you know silver lining. And if you think this is bad, they're I know full well that they're planning on doing a UK performance center. And when they open a UK performance center. All the guys that they've looked at, who they think have got a bit of talent, uh, but they're green, they're going to pick them up as well. So that's going to be ready
2: for, for bench press challenges.
0: This is
1: just the start. That's yeah. like, uh, and, and it's already going to be fairly dramatic in its impact. And this is just the start. And
0: that's the start. So when they open the PC, which I have no idea what the timescale is on this, but it is, it is in the plans. They're going to, they're going to probably hook up another. 20 or 30 guys out of, uh, like the UK and probably some from Europe. There'll probably be a bit of a split there depending on what they do with, um, NXT Germany, which is going to also be a thing because they want to take over the world. So they're gonna, they're gonna get, drag another load of guys out of that, the diminishing talent pool that we already have that are just prospects. So instead of, being able to build a show around the most promising prospects, you end up using whoever's left, which is, uh, I don't know if that's going to be a draw for anyone. I mean, I enjoy going to Fight Club Pro and like going to the pub beforehand and stuff. But like, if you're turning up there and and all you're watching is trainees wrestle, um, how long before they get good? And if they do get good, they'll probably get signed.
1: Yeah. It, Two things. Firstly, one of the big problems is going to be, while there is talent on these lower cards, like you've said, the, le- the, the a very simple model for wrestling is at the top of the cards, you have the guys who are already over yeah. and already established. And they draw in the fans, and at the show, the fans see the guys who aren't yet over, aren't yet established, and they manage to win them over, and eventually, maybe the guys at the top get signed, and the guys below, who have been there for a while, have got established, are now over, now move up to the top.
0: Yeah, look at Jordan Devlin, he's the perfect example for that.
1: Yeah, like, he was... He was like a, a nice little prospect in OTT for a long time. And they they were kind of tidying OTT over with lots and lots of imports at the top of your card. You had Pete Dunne and Will Ospreay and kind of the, and Ryan Smile being the big three. They got Devlin over and now he is the face of OTT. But when you completely wipe out the top tier of all wrestlers, you're not going to have as many fans going to the shows because there's no big draw at the top of the card for them, so these guys who are on the undercard who may be talented but aren't over yet, they're not going to be. The fans aren't going to be exposed to them because they're not going to be there. Like, <laughs> it, it's and and at the rate, I mean, you just need to look at the U.S. Indies to see that the rate in which the talent is being drawn off of them. Is, has been quicker than the rate in which stars are being created on the US indies and it has severely damaged them to the extent that the biggest draws on the US indies now are guys from outside the US well
0: they're all it's, luchadors basically outside it's, of wrestling it's luchadors and
1: bring, bringing guys in that, it, it's freak show guys like like PCO who has weirdly been signed to ring of Honor now. it's luchadors it's occasional people being thrown in from Japan, it's European guys and it's Australian guys. Like, look at a PWG show. How many, how many guys are and there? Are like
0: US WWE guys. WWE have literally signed Jonah Rock this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just it's not just the European guys that they're hoovering up. They're hoovering up everyone. They signed Matt Riddle because they didn't want him to wrestle in New Japan. And there's nothing
2: wrong with a guy getting signed, like a, a top guy from the UK Indies getting signed. But it, as you say, it's it's the whole tier. It's the whole it's a whole chunk of guys getting signed all at It's a, it's a at whole once. generation a, of guys. You, you're pinching... It's not just, you know, cutting the cream of a crop off. You're pinching the entire mug of tea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all that's left is, like, you know, there's a little bit in the bottom. Most of that the is residue. washback.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which is a lovely way to speak about Chris Brooks. Oh, yeah. I think part of we should talk left. about
2: who is still left. Well, I mean, RevPro just announced Will Ospreay versus Pack. For their first York Hall show of next year, so Rev Pro at least for now still have the capability of putting
0: on the big match, um, so that's good. I, yeah, I don't like the fact um, that Pack is now by far the biggest star in the, in the UK. So I look like a not genius go to for WWE drafting him. anytime
2: soon.
1: <laughs> you've you've done very well there. Um, but yeah, right. So, so one anticipating argument that we're gonna we're gonna have to try and get to them beforehand, and you know, if this comes across as straw manning, then I apologise. But I can always reply to questions in the future. But one thing I'm sure we're going to get is why are you not happy for the wrestlers? <laughs> and I, I remember doing a pod with Ollie. It might have been around this time last year. And we kind of got into it and we said, yes, we're happy for the wrestlers, even if, you know, I think people were talking about them being mark deals that they'd signed. And, you know, if I come from economics, uh, that's what I'm what I studied. I, I approach things from a very utilitarian mindset. If it's, it's always been their dream to work for WWE and they get validation from that, they get to tell their family who have always said to them, are you still doing that stupid wrestling thing? When are you finally going to get a job? They go, well, I am now signed for WWE, which you've probably heard of. Yes, it's the biggest company in the world. I have a full-time contract. Maybe that has value to them. A lot of these people, they're going to be getting good money. Uh, and I'm happy for them in that extent. You can be happy for the individuals while still being upset for the scene because, make no doubt about it, this is going to be devastating for the scene. Now, do I think the scene's going to die? Probably not. There will still be... there's. I think there's always still going to be independent wrestling, because there will always be some guys that um, WE doesn't want for whatever reason. And at some point, you know, we've kind of gone into this, the reasons they're signing a lot of these people is for anti-competitive reasons. If they manage to wipe out all competition, then they're going to have less reason to sign people. But... Is it going to kill the scene? Probably not. Is it going to kill the scenes? We know it. Very likely.
0: It's um, going to hurt the scene. In like the the scene got hot because the UK was a place where you could see some random superstar from uh, the American Indies just randomly thrown in with uh, a very talented up and coming Brit, or you could you could see somebody come in from Japan and wrestle someone from Europe. It just felt like everything came together. Whereas if you start ripping the, the heart out of that, getting rid of the domestic guys, it's going not go back to what it was before, which is like two imports clashing, and it's probably going to be good, but at the same time, the scene can't grow because like nobody's nobody's coming up. And
2: the identity is stripped away. Yeah, that too. It you doesn't can... feel British anymore.
1: <laughs> Very Brexit. <laughs> um
2: <laughs>
1: um Yeah, you can be happy for the individual workers who are getting signed, while also sad for both the fan experience, because NXT UK, and, you know, I'm not going to pretend I haven't been watching bits of it. Just before we recorded, I watched Jordan Devlin versus Pete Dunne. It was very good, apart from the finish, which was stupid, because he tapped out to his fingers being broken, which should be illegal. But whatever, that's not what we're talking about. Um, (laughs) There can be parts of NXT UK that are very good, but... Look at any guy who was amazing on the indies and then look at them in WWE. Their output goes down across the board. NXT peaks very high, but they really only have six or so shows a year that really matter. Uh, so, you know, like a Johnny Gargano, who is an amazing wrestler, has six matches a year that matter. Uh, so from a fan perspective, that that's a lot worse uh, from seeing, like a guy being able to wrestle on all the progress shows or all the Rev Pro shows or all the Fight Club Pro shows, etc. You can also be upset for, while you can be happy for the workers who are getting signed now, like I kind of mentioned earlier, the future wrestlers, it's going to Mm. be a hell of a lot harder for them because they're going to come up in a scene that's a lot more fragmented. And I fully expect it to be a lot weaker than it currently is. I think this well could be the peak of the, 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 british Isles scene including ireland in that and from now on it's may, may go downhill a little and you know obviously it's it's got the addition of nxt uk so maybe there's going to be more full-time guys but in terms of like the independence it's probably going to be a lot weaker and you can also be upset in terms of just the scene as a concept i remember talking to ollie um i think it was the, the same conversation we were talking about um uh, the you know being happy for people who were quote-unquote, on these mark deals, if they were happy, be happy for them. It It's... I want to see European wrestling get to the stage where it can be compared to a Japanese wrestling or um, Mexican wrestling or, uh, you know, Canadian-American wrestling in, in the sense that you can aspire to be there, and you can be there full-time
2: yeah.
1: in a different... Like, people go, come up in the UK, and it's awesome, but their ultimate goal, really, is to... There are obviously going to be a few exceptions, but it's going to be go over to Japan and manage to go, go full-time wrestling in Japan on the indies, or in New Japan, or something like that, or go over to U, uh, the US and get signed to Ring of Honor, or get signed to um, WWE, or whatever, or you know, someone in Mexico can go full-time working for CML or uh, AAA, but really while you can be full-time on the European indies at the moment, in the long run it's mostly a transitional stage at the moment, and that's with it being a lot stronger now than it was two years ago, incredibly stronger than it was ten years ago. And this just feels like it's really going to stump the scene so much. Like, Mm -hmm. um, we've probably seen the peak of independent wrestling in Europe for the near future. Now, we were kind of talking about uh, this beforehand. Um, Arne was kind of saying, we may eventually see WWE completely wipe out independent wrestling. Uh, and, you know, I, I'll let you speak for yourself on that in a second. Maybe, I sense it would maybe a tiny bit of hyperbole, but at the same time, that's the degree they're going to, right?
0: Well, there'll always be independent wrestling. Um, yeah, that's that's not exactly how I meant it, but the the independent scene that we have now, you would never get that if. Um, cause so, so the aim, long term, is to create like a global uh, WWE feeder system um, where they have these performance centers capturing people before they get good, and then they have these. Uh, regional NXTs and we're just the first domino here lads like their aim is to go global with this they're not stopping here the next one will be in germany and then it will be japan and then it will be mexico and then they'll probably have something up in canada and india and god knows where else and the China. I- yeah and the idea is basically you get the talent before they're considered much of anything anywhere So you get a carder when he's 20 years old before he's developed into a star and you sign him up to one of these the mark deals so you've got him then and then you develop him yourself. And he might not turn out to be as good as if New Japan had developed him but you've got him.
1: And the key part there is you get him before anyone else is allowed to use him. And that's their mindset. And anyone who yeah. says it isn't. Has n- not paid attention to WWE. This is exactly what history. they're doing. Like look at look at the territories. It's like. A, a rich Creature always Retweets on the Voices of the Wrestling account. Dave Meltzer has a little paragraph. That he, he sent out on one of his newsletters. Outlining how. WWE were like. Oh we'll use some of. Uh, your guys from this territory. And give them exposure. And then suddenly, they were—they were their guys. They were WWE's guys, yeah. and the territory no longer had them. And look where the fucking territories are now. And you know, was that inevitable to happen? Who knows. But uh, there were there the were other factors playbook. in that.
0: But yeah, it's, it's exactly playbook, it is exactly the same because they because
1: they are an anti-competitive company.
0: So I know Vince keeps claiming that competition's healthy, but he doesn't want it. He just wants to sit in the the back there and play with his toys. And when he gets bored with them, he gets rid of them. He's Emperor Nero. any while Rome Burns. Anyone that is signing for WWE, and I don't begrudge anyone that does uh, before anyone starts accusing me of being anti-the-boys getting paid. I've got no problem with anyone signing for WWE. And somebody like Pete Dunne is going to make a great living out of it because he's great. But then there's always the risk that you go there. Vince thinks, oh, you're great on day one, and then you do something to annoy him, and you're persona non grata. And you won't be just discarded immediately. You'll be left to rot until you have no value, <laughs> and and then you'll be released. Look at, like, there's so many examples, but on different levels. Like,
1: look at actual Dito Jr. and what he's done for the last few years. He's done nothing. He, they, they've just had him... For the sake of having him. But but then even even when you get onto the main roster, look at uh, Andrade Cian Almas. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world and was widely agreed on. He's done nothing. They have you so other people can't have you. Look, look at the timings in which they've... Every time they've spiked up NXT UK, look at the timings. It's every time World of Sport does something. Um, that's when it first started, when du- World Sport first came up with that Christmas special, NXT UK became a thing. Then it kind of died down for a bit, because they like, oh, we don't need to bother with it anymore for a while. And then World Sport came up again, and they launched it up again and signed a new wave of guys. And then Rev Pro got their TV deal, and they started, um, their, their first episode of TV went out, and you know what? NXT UK went, oh, remember that, that taping we recorded that we never bothered releasing? Let's release it on the same day as Rev Pro, like, it... One of these things, maybe it's a coincidence, but all of them and they hate competi- uh, they hate the idea of competition despite it being the best feeder system they could possibly want.
0: All, all they see these guys as is money. It's all, it's all just dollar value. So they see uh, a promotion like Rev Pro pulling a thousand people into your call and they think, that's a thousand customers we should have. How can we get those thousand people to come to our show? I know, we'll just sign, like, Chavis Banks and Chris Brooks and whoever else they've got. Can't sign the New Japan guys, but, well, yeah, they'll have a go. But, they can't yet. Yeah. Wait
1: until their contracts are up, they'll have a good try then.
0: But that's just it. They, they see somebody else's money going into wrestling, and they think, why is that not coming to us? We should be getting that money. It, we are wrestling. That's what I think they think. think
1: it's even more vindictive than that. Because... I, I can't imagine NXT UK's making the money. I reckon that's a loss leader. I think NXT's a loss leader. But I think it's more... It's less we want that money and more we don't want other people to have the money.
2: We don't want make. We don't want anyone making money off the word wrestling or the concept of wrestling. We don't yeah. want any of a wrestling. Even though we, we are not wrestling and we are sports entertainment. But
0: Please that's it. They, us. they want WWE to be the wrestling brand, the only one. They don't want another wrestling brand out there because they're worried that that other brand might become more successful, and they're worried that that other brand might do something to give wrestling a bad name, and that would also tarnish (laughs) WWE, which is seen as wrestling. As a Which whole. is
1: funny because what what has done a better job at giving wrestling a bad name than WWE? They did just did fucking shows for Saudi like days yeah. after, well not days but like weeks after they'd gone and murdered uh, someone in a in an em- embassy like Khashoggi, and they they were the only place they didn't pull out because they have no morals. But
0: oh, Vince's got no morals uh, at all. He's a Republican. All he cares about is money. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, it's mad. And like the timing of this and the timing of... Like, WWE for, for the last few years have been ramping up and up on their signings, but it's gone into overdrive now. And the reason it's gone into overdrive is because of All Elite Wrestling is becoming a thing and they don't want... The, they want All Elite Wrestling to start up and go, oh shit, there's literally no one to sign. And they're doing the damn best job they can do it. And, they're, you know, if they've done... They can't produce fucking good wrestling at all, but they're doing a damn good job of... Making that so that no one else can, because there's no wrest- there are no wrestlers allowed out there to sign. um ugh, it's I, it's annoying, isn't it?
2: I think to put the focus back on Britress and like issues concerning Britain um, and wrestling here, um, like. I feel like we were pretty close to having a scene like Japan where guys could earn a full time living and not have to kill themselves doing yeah, so. We
1: weren't a million miles away.
2: Where companies could have had could have signed their own guys and run weekly. I mean, you, you again, Andy Quilden on his podcast talks about that sort of his goal, to turn Rev Pro into, into like a, a touring brand, essentially, or at least running weekly shows or midweek shows so that some wrestlers can earn a full time living just wrestling in Rev Pro. That's sort of his goal and what he's trying to build. And it feels like. Um, maybe not betrayal, that's maybe a dramatic word, but just this generation of guys got rest to that point by working incredibly hard and then cashed out <laughs> um, and left the next generation with something worse where that goal is much further away. And. I, again, I'm not a worker. I don't have the worker mindset. But like, I my personal belief in wrestling is that you don't. It doesn't need to be like WWE or it doesn't need to be WWE to be successful. And I just feel like that's not a goal shared by the people in the business. The people in the business are only in it to get to WWE and cash out or cash in as you may. Um, and it's a shame because you know we'd built something really fucking awesome and built something where it could have been. Beneficial to the wrestlers to stay here and be full time and keep producing something that felt authentic and felt real. And now (laughs) we've got this situation where we're the guinea pigs to global domination.
1: Yeah, and want to want to stress again, we're not annoyed at any of the wrestlers here. Like, get paid. (laughs) Like, it's your job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What we're annoyed at. Yeah, take that money for fuck's sake. Just take it. (laughs) Like. What we're annoyed at is WWE coming here with the intention of killing the endemic scene and spreading their own cancer <laughs> to, to go overly dramatic. Um, but it, it's, it's frustrating, but there will always be areas apart from it. Like Rev Pro, for example, you mentioned they, they're running their, their Osprey pack show in, in January. February.
0: Uh, February I think actually, February the fifteenth. Um,
1: there we go. Which I will definitely be at. Um, if, if you're
2: not on board the floating dream factory now, you're you're just doing it wrong because they are they are the, the leading brand now in Britain of independent wrestling. I I don't, and that that's that's undisputed.
0: I'm not saying that Rev Pro is perfect. I'm not saying oh, yeah, that yeah. at all. It has flaws. But they've been it has making issues. a lot of
2: good moves over the last few months to separate them from WWE. And I think because they've been on the naughty step for a few months. I don't it know. Has we'll we'll, we'll probably get
0: shit from people for saying support independent wrestling with Rev Pro when they are themselves affiliated with New Japan, which is a an international company which is basically under Harold Mage, possibly following the WWE model, so...
1: <laughs> but but New Japan can't snap their fingers and buy up. And they're, they're not saying, Osprey, you're not allowed to work any of these promotions. Uh, like it, yeah, the, if, if scenarios there are change degrees with New Japan under me,
2: then we will change our minds on that. But right now we have no reason to believe that they're going to be predatory about RevPro or the UK scene. And right now they're letting RevPro go well enough alone yeah, it, it in the restrictions but no talent restrictions yeah, and certainly no business restrictions.
0: It does feel like they've enhanced RevPro rather than been a detriment to them. They've they've had the RevPro title defended in Japan and on big shows as well. So it's it has helped them. Um whereas I don't think that's the case with with Progress and I will probably get shit for that. <laughs>
2: I I don't even I as of this week I don't really consider progress and the partner promotions to be independent. they're, they're WWE minor leagues. You know, it's if you scratch over the logo, it's just a WWE logo underneath. Yeah. Um it's you know, it, it has definitely changed my mind on things and like, I don't know. We may have to, like, change our name to just The Roundtable <laughs> from now on. <laughs> um, maybe. I'm just floating that idea out here on air. Um, because, you know, it's we're in a different landscape now, and we've got to adapt to survive well, like a tiger.
0: We are not going to be short of things to talk about in 2019.
1: No, that's for sure. It's, it's going to be a newsworthy year. We,
0: we might not be sitting here going, oh, this show is great and this show is great, but there will be things to discuss. <laughs>
1: This is very true, um, and yeah, you know, I'm not a particularly moral person.
0: Now, that that sounds bad.
1: <laughs> that sounds very bad. But, like, I don't consider myself like completely driven by morals. I'm, I, I gen like I'm not someone who boycotts Ring of Honor because, um, you know, the whole Sinclair are bad people. Um, you know, my overall view is most bit big business is bad people. But when even I'm like going. I don't know, like, there, there's a line, and WWE as well, like, when you're supporting progress, you're one step, you're, like, you're <laughs> one level removed from Saudi money at that point. Like That, that, <laughs> that
2: money is going into Donald Trump's pockets.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're, maybe, like, the maybe biggest only a d- Maybe
2: only a pound of it, but...
1: They're the biggest funder of uh, Donald Trump's camp. one of the biggest funders of Donald Trump's campaign, and they're getting paid by the Saudis, like...
0: You, can't, it's you that can't. blood money, isn't it? Like,
1: it, yeah, it's like at some level you have to kind of turn your like some, up. And someone asked me, makes their own line, but
0: because yeah. I I made a, a statement the other day at Fight Club and I said that I just wouldn't work for WWE, and they're like, really? Like, even if they they offered you money to to do something there, you wouldn't go. And I'm like, well, no. And I, yeah, we, we've people were incredulous about it.
2: Independent spirits now, the Chris Brooks's Bless you, Chris.
0: Right,
1: uh, do we have anything else, or do we want to jump into questions?
0: Let's take a look at the questions. Uh, I don't want to talk about the Hydro. I haven't seen it. Uh, no, I haven't not, seen it either. It's not out uh, yet, is it? So, I don't know. <laughs> it's the, the last time I tried to sign up for ICW On Demand, it just it refused. It wouldn't let me do it. Well,
1: we're <laughs> so, in luck, because it won't exist for much longer. So. Yeah,
0: it'll be on the network, so like we can <laughs> watch it. In January on the award-winning WWE network.
1: Or uh, better yet, on watchwrestling.com. It's um, a
2: very <laughs> reasonably priced network, I hear.
1: Some would say award-winning. Um, Andrew just messaged me. He was at the ICW Hydro show, so um, and his big review of it was, it was a middling show. So there you go. Uh, oh. Some dross, some in between, some good. So, you know, sounds like an ICW show. So we, I put the uh, call for questions out on at BritRestRound, uh, which you can follow on Twitter for, and it'll, I'll, it will let you know whenever we're recording an episode for you to send your questions in if you want to do so in future. First question, and um, uh, we'll start with the more serious ones. Um, Gary asks, so that's at Gary on Graps, uh, who do you predict having a breakout 2019 in UK slash Europe? Well, it's going to be a lot trickier in 2019, so...
0: <laughs> it, this is very hard. Um, I personally, I think Justin Sizem is one to watch. Yeah. Um, whether being underworld World of Sport contract is going to hurt him in that regard, I don't know, because like, where's he actually going to work? <laughs> it depends. Uh, but yeah, I think he's incredibly talented and hasn't really gotten a fair shake. Uh, yeah,
1: if I keep, you haven't seen the Matt Riddle and Keith Lee matches from freeCW cw you need to. They're excellent matches.
0: Yeah, he really is a standout guy. He just needs a chance. Um, I keep pimping Gene Money. I think Gene is a fantastic <laughs> talent. Uh, he's a great talker, and there's going to be a massive gap for talkers in uh, in the UK because promotions won't be able to use Gibson. They won't be able to use Trent Seven. For my money, the third best talker in the country is Gene Money. Uh, plus his in-ring has improved a great deal over the last year. And I probably would give a shout-out to A-Kid, who I got to see live at the cockpit. He is a very, very good Matt wrestler. He was going um, up against John Gresham, and I was breathtaking. So, yeah, A-Kid, definitely. Uh, Carlos Romo's not that far behind, but A-Kid's kind of on another level. I think you're going to
1: see... A lot of the RevPro guys that they've been building around for the last year, they're going to get far more bookings because, you know, other places aren't going to have as many choices of other guys to pick. Uh, And they're like, you know, they're established to some degree. So I can see your El Phantasmo's being more widely booked and putting more main events. I can see maybe this is the year that Josh Bowden branches out through (laughs) promoters having no other choice (laughs) because he's got the talent. That's never been a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you know it, it wouldn't be me without saying I think Ridgeway's going to take the next step up. He's had a very good 2018. He's finally had his breakout year, but I think 2019 will be really set set to be the year where he really takes over the, the remaining independents. Um, who else? Maybe the Arrows are hungry, I could see, stepping up a bit as well. Yeah,
0: that's a good shout. Very good. Very strong shout for those uh, two boys. Uh, one... Uh, like Icarus is, is a very talented flyer, but uh, I've recently gotten into Dover because he's such a, a powerful heavyweight. He does a lot mm-hmm. of the the big lad uh, power stuff that I really enjoy.
1: Anyone to add, Ollie?
2: The Dominator, Great O'Khan. <laughs> <laughs> I I think he, he's probably going to get some proper matches in 2019. Uh, he wrestled and we'll um he wrestled Bridgeway cause, last night. Yeah, because like when Evil first started getting proper matches, we saw just how good he was. So I feel like. Now that he's established the gimmick, maybe they'll, they'll let him blossom. And he's and over. He, oh yeah, definitely. Him and Gideon. Um, uh, uh, Dominator Great O'Khan is the only person who has uh, been liked by both my parents and my girlfriend, <laughs> having annoyed them all by showing them uh, World of Pro Wrestling. And Dominator the Great O'Khan was the only person who got compliments from both parties. He pops. Yes. So dead on arrival, he is not anymore. I take it back.
1: Your apologies uh, are <laughs> thrown out. Uh, he also asks Gary. Also asks uh, which promotion are you most excited about for 2019. Rev Pro, given that they've just announced Pack Osprey, and I'm super excited for that. But also, it feels like they they are on a hot streak, and they've you know they they're going to have almost. A weird addition in that they're gonna feel all the more special because they are the the beacon of light of independence <laughs> for 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 the uh, yeah. the area. So you
2: they've done a very good job building up what they're gonna do next year over the last couple of months. I really do think that since like global wars, like it's been pretty much an upward trajectory for them in terms of establishing a unique brand, which maybe they didn't have before. Some of their
0: storytelling last night was really good as well. Mm-hmm. To be their, fair. Their,
1: their booking has got a lot better like they it feels like there's more thought put into it mm-hmm. for a long time it was it was dream matches on the top of the cards and belo- below the top of the cards it was distraction finishes uh and they've 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 branched out a lot um another promotion i would throw out uh, i'm i'm intrigued by the the trinity of uh what is it breed pro wrestlegate and uh, what's the other one fight forever, fight
0: forever yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and like not all of them are going to turn out great and uh, you know there are sections of some of them that are very eye-rolly but i'm intrigued to see how they play out maybe not excited for necessarily although that you know a lot of the wrestlegate uh, pro announcements are very exciting but i'm I'm definitely interested to see how things go into 2019 and to uh, kind of give a little teaser, I've just lined up. Um, I've just finalized the date for an interview for the uh, Gary Ward of WrestleGate Pro, so that will be coming in January for the pod. So, if you want, you can uh, get your get your questions in ahead of that, and I will ask them to him. Um, any I, other promotions you guys are excited for?
0: Yeah, there's another one that I think is going to be uh, low key have a, a really good 2019, and that's White Wolf Wrestling out of Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've I've seen like one of their shows. But the things that they've got lined up are very promising. So I, th- they'll be using sort of the kind of talent that you would see, say, at a RevPro, but in a completely different environment. So um, I'm, I'm very excited to see how their 2019 pans out. And I'm going to be watching and more of their stuff.
2: They're currently on the currently named WXW now. Um, and they just added Riptide as well. So it's it, there's definitely some value in there. Um, and Michael Finns uh, wrestling body <laughs> from slam. Denmark, body slam. That's for one. Um, so there's some interesting uh, promotions on the WXW now gimmick.
1: More championship wrestling. Um, <laughs> yes, the, the despite uh, WXW seemingly leaving WXW now, uh, WXW then now forever is going to be very exciting. Um, okay. Gary finally asks, is there anything more intimidating than a pacing Mark Haskins? Yes, uh, WE's expansion into the UK scene. Uh, I think that answers that one. Um, uh, Oh dear, I've lost the questions. Here we are. Um, Okay. um, uh, Right, so Lee at Maloney... Malone? Malone. Malone. underscore seven one three i don't know what seven one three stands for but i i assume it's particularly important um based on last night's attendance what do you think the future holds for icw so we've kind of already gone into that do we want to expand on that Have we kind of said everything we want to say
0: no i think we've kind of covered that with what we were talking about cool. earlier not not promising but you know at some point their future is basically going on the network so um and then probably later going off the network and into the bin
1: (laughs) yep um then he asks what companies if any do you think will step up in spite of the we uk contract situation we've kind of just answered that and will 2019 be the year that chris ridgway finally delivers on all his potential and becomes a top UK star. Hell, yes, it will. I've just said that. Uh, 2018 has been the long, the long coming year that I was. Been waiting for for far too long, but it finally came. He's had a magnificent year. He's Uh started to break out in multiple promotions, and I think 2019 will be even better. I think
0: magnificent is a stretch. I think he's had a patchy year. I think he's had some good, some bad. Uh, But towards the end, he's been getting better. That match with Jordan Devlin in progress was really, really strong. And he had a great match with Mike Bailey as well. So, yeah, I think he's uh, on the verge.
1: Okay. Um, how big are Walter's hands? From at Mike Kilby. Uh, very big
0: enough to crush an apple. Yeah, apparently. So, so we're told. But yeah, he. Um, the great thing about Walter's hands is because they're so large. That's how he creates that. Uh, the sound with the chops. Like he had a bit of a chop jaw with Masato Tanaka on on the Saturday Show and Wolves, and Masato Tanaka's hands are tiny. So, like, he was chopping Walter's great big chest and wasn't getting any noise at all. and Then you got Volta with his massive hands and just bang! <laughs> I probably just yeah. fucked the audio up there.
1: Um, yeah, probably. Um, yeah, you, you know the classic wrestling commentary line of, "He's got hands like a catcher's mitt." When growing up, obviously, because baseball is nowhere near of a as big a thing here as it is in the US by like a million magnitudes. Um I didn't really know what a catcher's mitt was. Uh so I always heard that as growing uh, he's got hands like a Kesha smitt which I thought was some Russian implement. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a good story. <laughs> I was like, what is this Kesha smith? But it must That's be I thought it was incredible. like a big flying frying pan or something. I, I don't know. Um so Akil at Akil uh andy q was right andy q is always right apart from the rare occasions where he's not um now that Bruce Ress is dead can i finally be free uh you don't go to any of the shows anyway so it doesn't matter
0: um, <laughs> Ding. how he, can we he was a, you in person he was at your call
1: this is true this is true he bought his friend and we we opened his eyes and ruined his innocence that sounds horrible. Um, in regards to wrestling, in regards <laughs> what was to what's
2: going wrestling, down in the the arms.
1: Um, yeah, it was it was quite the night on the arms. Let me tell you. Uh, and then progress equals trash. Um, uh, I mean, progress equals one step removed from Saudi I, money. So maybe I
2: I went to look for that tweet. Uh, well, obviously Galazzo Dan's original tweet is still up, but Jim Smallman's reply to it is he deleted, or well, he deleted presumably tweeted deleted as when he yeah so like. I can't remember what he said anymore, but it was like, how could you, mate? It was it was so sad.
1: Is <laughs> <laughs> there any need for this?
0: <laughs> I don't remember.
1: Um, when will Mr. Oliver Court fill the void left by sellouts and main event, the York Hall? From Matt underscore M Yano.
2: When Andy, when Andy Q gives me the call, um, I shall rise to it. Um, <laughs> and maybe if we could get a thousand people to like a a Brit Rest round table live that'd be all right as well but that might be a pipe dream for now because the Brit rest scene is
0: I'd take 30 not as to be honest with you <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah like 20, 20 in the Dundee arms would be fun um in the little outdoor area we could we could have one there that'd be nice um
2: the res gal in the closet yeah yeah um, if we can get the stink off
1: and it will, it will weirdly, next year, if we get the 30 people, it will be the biggest independent drawer we have <laughs> in the UK. So there we go. Um, so Arm's already asked, answered this on Twitter, but uh, what's the best flavour slash brand of crisps? And you, you've given a top five. So oh, yeah. So pretty, pretty in-depth. I'm a fan of... Um, I like prawn cocktail. Um, I'm a big fan of Walker's prawn cocktail. I, I like the smoky bacons, too. Um... I enjoy a, a McCoy's Smoky Bacon, but I'm not not a huge crisp guy. Oh, Monster Munch is good, too. Pickled onion, it's gotta be.
2: I'm gonna expose my southern culture and say kettle chips. Uh, ugh.
1: <laughs> I mean, they are good, but also, oh.
2: Yeah, I know. I mean, they're just, they're good. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like its as well, and Skips. What? And McCoy's. And for Walkers, probably... Prawn cocktail or cheese and onion?
1: Oh, not cheese and onion! I'm not having that. Oh dear. Not okay. That's not okay. I'm sorry. Oh dear. Um,
0: yeah, you're gonna have to go on Twitter to see my my full list. But how how dare you not mention the lime and chili walkers, Max Strong? Because that is like the, that is one of the dons of the Chris world think at the I've moment. Ever had yeah, I highly recommend it. Um,
1: P W Grill Gang. At the same I see chain. what you
2: did there.
1: Um, yeah, has asked what meat is best to have during the wrestling and why are vegans inherently bad? Well, the best meat for wrestling is, of course, the finest cuts of beef.
2: Um, <laughs> no extra beef extra on the beef. side. Extra beef.
1: Um, and why are vegans inherently bad? They're not. They're, I mean, no. wrestling
2: vegans
0: apparently. Have you seen <laughs> vegan cheese? That. I don't recommend looking at it.
1: Two of my best friends are are vegan, Um, and despite that, they're still my friends. So you know they're they're not inherently bad, but you know they. We all we from a grilling
0: perspective, I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure a vegan grill would. I mean, I'll try most things once, apart from Morris dancing and incest. But uh, yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) at oh. J- J- jammer low underscore james yeah we'll go with that um when is dan matha making his progress debut well him calling people soy boys would get quite the reaction at the current progress crowd so uh who knows who knows um,
2: that's good though isn't it because that's like a ready-made heel character being like uh you know alt-right is like you know the natural heels they you know, you yeah, want to boo them. Natural
1: faces <laughs> in WWE, um,
2: <laughs> which is progress now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This see, this, this is the uh, pretzel that you weave yourself into when you um buy buy out an entire wrestling scene. Uh huh.
1: Um,
2: and then lastly,
1: what is from... a soy
0: boy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like a go to, a go to um insult from right-wing people talking about people on the left being too sensitive and i think either drinking soy milk or maybe soy sauce i'm not sure which one i imagine probably soy milk but i uh, yeah it, it's kind of a go-to thing by the alt-right i, but I feel like
2: josh Bowden would say something like that and we'd all want to like pound them into dust for it and we'd all have a jolly good time i don't know <laughs> i just don't know what he's
0: talking about so i'd just be confused
1: and then uh, our favourite Irish wrestling trapper uh, at hey. S- uh, So Do to TW, which, when I finally figured out what that stood for, was very satisfying.
2: So like Do Woodoo from Pokemon.
1: Yeah, quite like So Do um, words WWE could be moving off Sky TV, which is not really a question, but it's. It, it's nice information to have um, and then he follows it up by saying if ITV Wrestling dies does WWE sign everyone or sign just a few and we've kind of already covered it but I think probably they sign anyone who they think could be an asset to anyone else would be my guess
0: yeah they'll sign anyone who they think is going to be a draw so if you see them on the poster then I, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to re-sign Pac like now <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't shock me in the slightest.
1: Yeah, like, they, you know, they every time Will Ospreay has a contract up, they, they send and they try and sign him. Uh, they haven't done so so far. I don't think they will, but um, they, they'll probably keep trying. Um, do they release or phase out the bottom end of the current NXT UK talent? Um, Maybe the very bottom, like, you're Saxton Hurley's or whatever like I can see them not re-signing him when his contract comes up because is he an asset to anyone else maybe I don't know that 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 sounds like more of a dig to him than necessary but like he's not like really a draw anywhere
0: he's a draw uh, with me Rob
1: there we go there we go in your heart
0: um, muscle cap for life uh,
1: yeah, his, his team with Gabriel Kidd is very good like their Miracle Violence Connection tribute is fantastic um, love the muscle cat, um, but I can also simultaneously see them not re-signing him. But you know, it would be very unlike current WWE to ever release anyone. So it would rest, really a lot just...
0: of a lot of the guys they have there as undercard talent are very much ticking boxes. So they have Tucker because they had they need an, a Northern Ireland guy. Uh, they've signed people from Wales because they need a Welsh representation there. Yeah. Uh, they've got um, Ashton Smith, uh, they've got Amir Jordan, um, i trying to think who else is actually on that, that undercard. Uh, Sam Gradwell, I'm fairly certain they signed him, just because he's from Blackpool. But that heard... There's a lot of box ticking.
1: I heard, and this could be completely wrong because I don't even remember where I heard it from, so it could have been uh, a third-hand rumour that started as bullshit. But um, But someone said his family knew Regal's family or something like that. I don't know. Um, That could be completely insubstantiated. So take that as however you will. He's fine. Um, Yeah, and I think that brings us to the end of the questions. Um, Do we have anything else we want to touch on? No. No. Um, This has been a slightly depressing episode. Um... Yeah, uh you can follow me at Britrest Round where I'll be posting updates for the podcast. You can follow Ollie at another Ollie and Arn at and I never remember is it Arn Furious or Arnold It's Furious? Arnold. <laughs> Arnold Furious. Um,
0: yeah.
2: Sorry. Let's all guys. go play let's all go play Final Fantasy Six. Because it's relevant. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't okay. know the story, but
1: I imagine that's a reference. Number oh, of...
2: it's just a—it's just about uh, evil empire destroying the world, and oh, then okay. having to rebuild the world from the the, the point of destruction.
1: That might be us six years from now, when WWE has to aggressively cost cut um, when their TV deal finally comes back to bite them because they have zero people watching their TV and Yadda being paid billions. Um, That would be nice if they aggressively had to cost cut and then all this talent was released back into the world, but by then there may be very little seen there because by the time the next, what is it, like three or four years till the next, so that, that contract runs out, maybe more. Like this, the, the whole scene that we're currently talking about was built in three or four years, so it could easily die in that time too. But I don't think it will, to end <laughs> on a slightly more positive note, because as long as Andy Quilden's Captain Andy's the Cubemans, floating
2: dream... Cubism.
1: His, as long as his dr- floating dream factory, and by that we mean a heli carrier, not like floating on the water, although it can float in the water. It's very versatile. As long as that exists, then, um, you know... As long as there's always an Andy to tell you naughty for chanting BJ Cup, then rest will live on. Goodbye. <laughs>